New Year, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey. This is Vincent Williams. Merry New Year. Hello, Vincent. Happy New Year. Hello, Lynn. How are you? I am doing fantabulous, my good friend. How about yourself? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. That's cool. Good to be back. Back in the saddle. Thank you to each and every one of you out there watching us on YouTube as well as on Facebook. Shout out to Robert Monroe, who was sitting there waiting patiently for the show to go live. And hey, Robert. I also see you, Sharon, Aaron, and Deborah, and everyone else out there. Thank you, everybody, for uh, returning. We hope that you, too, enjoyed a safe and happy holiday and are looking forward to better days here in 2021. What's going on, folks? Good to see you. All right, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, boy, we are starting off the year with a bang, as tonight, Vincent brings the film to the mission, and he has brought an Academy Award-winning one. From 2018, we will be watching, or not watching, we will be reviewing... (laughs) We watched it earlier. We watched it. <laughs> we will be reviewing Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, man, we getting animated, baby. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Always, always. So, so Vincent, so you had a good uh, holiday and, and, a, and a good new year and everything's good with the family and everything. Was Santa Claus nice to you this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, always, always, you, you know. Little this, little that. Oh, that's I actually nice. got the art of um Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Really? Yeah, the art book has been on my list for a couple of years. I went ahead and got it for Christmas. So this film was on my mind on Christmas Day. Well, that is cool. That is cool. And yourself? Uh, let's see. I had a very good time. Um just chilling i got a nice little video chat with my daughter um and my grandson and my and my my son-in-law so that was fun uh and then i spent some time with family watching my nieces open up their gifts that i was really i was actually very excited to give my my nieces their their presents i have um uh three nieces uh ages of 11 through eight down to eight years old and then two of my nieces they have a cousin um who is like right in the right in lockstep with with the other three and the four of them are just always around so i I, I just call them all my four nieces and uh i bought them uh did, did you watch uh the show schitt's creek vincent I didn't. It's on my list. Oh, gee. You're on it's your, on my list. You're on this ever-growing list. Anyway. I know. <laughs> anyway. I know. Um, th- well, anyway, one of the characters on there, she had a necklace that had like an A, uh, a, a initial on it, but was actually like part of the link of the chain. It was very, it was very nice, very stylish. Um, and it became like a little bit of a fashion thing. So I bought a necklace for each of my nieces with their initials. Um, and I was just kind of like really excited to see them 
open that up and you know i bought them like some press on nails so they could have like a whole girl's day and i just sat there oh, watching. so look at you yeah you know aren't you a good uncle i try i try i try to be a funkle as my my one niece <laughs> gave me she gave me a t-shirt that says that i'm a funkle so, so yeah it's so i'm a fun uncle so yes that's what i tried to do you know what i mean um and new year's new year's any new year's i really just kind of chilled um i mm-hmm. finished i finished my binge of the what my rewatch of the wire on, okay. on, on new year's which was actually some people might think that was kind of depressing it wasn't it actually yes. was, it was actually, i am people i enjoyed it i enjoyed okay. i enjoy i enjoyed the i was just reminded of how good how solidly good that show was i mean that show was just I mean, and as much as it was dramatic and it was tragedy and stuff like that, that show was funny as well. There was a lot of comedy in The Wire. So oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Uh, with a little distance, how well does the last season hold up? I remember being a bit disappointed with the last season. It felt rushed. But mm. I suspect the first four seasons are so good. That's true. That's true. So you kind of like just and you just kind of like bowl into it. Um, right. and, and plus, you know, just like all of the seasons be- before it, each season, even though it focuses on a different aspect of life in Baltimore, each season right. still gives, um, you know, commentary on the season before, you know. Sure. So watching it in that way. I didn't I didn't mind it. It certainly right. it certainly does come off as probably the the worst of the what five seasons. But yeah. that's still it's still better than the average the, television show. I was about to say, than like everything else. Right? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Here, here's a question, because it is a running joke that I always say. Did you notice because I I remember Bunny Colvin adopts the one kid. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice whether or not his wife had left him? Because Bunny Colvin saying that his wife was losing weight and got her real estate license. <laughs> so I guess she's going to leave me. She doesn't. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. She doesn't. She doesn't leave him. She's actually still there. I think it may be actually the last episode. You see like a, a, a quick glimpse of them. Yeah. Yeah, you okay. do. Because he, he uh, the mayor walks up to him. And as they're getting in the car, because you see that um, uh, dude, the, the the young boy has grown so much that now he is on the debate team, like the leader yes, of the debate right, team. Right. Exactly. And, and and Bunny is there with his wife, you know, watching them. And the mayor okay. comes in and, and and has a words with Bunny and, and, and young boys like, oh, my God, you you know, the mayor like, yo, who don't you know? You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. So, yes. Yeah. So this they're, they're still together. They're still together, man. It was. Well, it was, that's good. Yeah, I, I know she was losing weight and she got her real estate license. <laughs> <laughs> and Bunny Colvin was concerned. He was concerned. He said, he was well, concerned. I, he wasn't even concerned. He was resigned. <laughs> Well, I guess she's going to leave this, me. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was I really I really enjoyed it. What I but what I did, I don't know if you got a chance to see this. I do a show on Sundays called Spoiler Alert where I get together with a bunch of uh guys on the Cold Pop podcast network and we review comic books. 
mm-hmm. and on uh, not New Year's Eve, but the night before New Year's Eve, December thirtieth, we did a holiday special here on on the uh, on the internet where we were still like every everybody was in their own homes, but we were we were drinking while we did it. All right, <laughs> drinking and podcasting. Oh man, oh man. Like and uh, I had some um, some what, what is it like New Amsterdam vodka whatever it's called I don't know uh, that and some peach guava juice mixed together with some ice. <sighs> I was I mean I I couldn't I'm I'm not down with the brown like you Vince but hey I, I I'm just I'm just listening to you I didn't say anything yeah I know but I I know that you judgment. saw judgment though yeah, I saw judgment. you saw judgment yeah I saw, you saw judgment. It. I was trying not to have it, but you know, yeah, okay. But I mean, you know, you know. See, I I know the judge, and, and you know what goes through your head. You, I know exactly what goes through your head when I say stuff like that. That I was drinking like peach guava juice with with Amsterdam vodka. It was like this is why he's never coming out with the boys. This is exactly why. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> exactly why we're just having a conversation. I didn't say. I did. I, I was curious about the logistics of it. Do you take the umbrella out before you drink it? Like, how does that work exactly? I've always wondered that. Like, like, do, like, do you drink it with the umbrella in, or I'm just curious. We're just talking. I'm just asking questions. Anyway, uh, yes. Thank you, Sharon. The the the. <laughs> The character's name from Schitt's Creek is Alexis. I, I couldn't pull her name. Alexis. That's right. She has the A on her uh, okay. on her necklace. So thank you, Sharon. I appreciate appreciate you. Um, and yes, you should rewatch The Wire. It does hold up. It does oh hold yeah, up, uh, very much. She asked whether or not. Um, uh, before we get into you know uh, just talking. Wait, about- you didn't finish your story. You were drinking your lady drink, and y'all were were podcast like I. Like I thought there was a point to that story. <laughs> it's just that I see now. I don't even because I I got I I, I got drunk. But <laughs> that's the last thing I want to tell you now. <laughs> well, there you go. At least you were home. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, God. Uh, Aaron. <laughs> Look, that's on you. I wasn't going to say a word. I was just listening. I know. Well, I'm just keeping it real. I, I, I know you. Uh, <laughs> that's why they all give me funny looks at the din- at that special dinner party you throw. Anyway, um <laughs> Aaron Fry asked, was there any news over the holidays about Spock adjacent? <laughs> God, I swear to God. You know what? <laughs> it's like they were here right before I, the I, show. I, 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 I think you're putting in ringers. <laughs> not, I didn't know. I had no idea he was going to ask the question. Aaron, to- Aaron, it's coming. It, there, there, there's some scheduling. Oh, now you threw it up on the screen to make sure I, I read. Yeah, 
Aaron, it's my fault. I'm I'm having some scheduling challenges, but I am actively working on it. Uh, yeah, because we definitely want to get to it. Because man, Star Trek Discovery this year has been bananas. It's really, yes, it's been really really good. So I definitely want to talk about it. Talk about all this. And we just I think uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Deep Space Nine premiering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- so I th- this actually would have been a good moment to do an episode, which we're not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would have been a perfect time to have a retrospective <laughs> of Deep Space Nine, which we're not going to do. So, <laughs> Like, I'm actually watching the opportunity go past. <laughs> it just, just keeps on sailing by. You know what? Maybe we'll talk about Deep Space Nine a little bit during uh, trailer talk. How about that? Oh, maybe. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> Tickle them with a feather and give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> for those of you out there who could care less about Star Trek, um, uh, interesting. You know, you know, the 2020. Everybody was very happy to see 2020 um, close out and leave to see the curtain. You know. Uh, turn to 2021 um but uh the the over this last couple of weeks we lost unfortunately um mm, mm, man mm. we had we had a number of losses that are very dear here to us here on the mission um yeah uh, one of them was tommy tiny lister yeah yeah uh who who famously played Debo, Debo in yeah. Friday and in the and uh, in the next Friday, and also was President Lindbergh. That's right on the Fifth Element, and yeah. was the wrestler Zeus. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. He was. He was. Uh, yeah, Zeus. like Tiny Lister left quite a footprint in pop culture. He did. He really did. And yeah, he really did. And considering that he was, you know, he was a, a a a very huge, you know, muscular guy, definitely played heavies more often than not. Um, I think he still tried to go out of his range, his way to show that he had, you know, at least a little bit of range. Certainly had a little bit more comedic oh, yeah. chops than you would have you would have thought. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we lost him on December 10th. And then on December 30th, Vincent, I know you probably have more than a few words to share about Adolfo Guterres Quiones, yeah. better known as Shabadoo. Yeah. Or, if you like, Ozone. From yeah. the Breaking and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo movie yeah. series. Another one. Uh, another one. Whether it's a member of the Breakers. Whether um, his time on Soul Train. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, separate from, from the Breakers. And then, uh, of, of course, in the Breaking movies. You, you know, another one who is just, just as in, has, has left that indelible print on black pop culture that's very true and 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 from what you i can tell from him and and tiny lister too seemed like a genuinely good man 
Yeah, from, from what I've I've read about them. Certainly. You know, I um I don't know if if they pop up on your Facebook page. My my favorite Facebook show is those little vignettes that pop up. I was a Soul Train dancer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And those like ten minute they're like ten minute documentaries. Mm-hmm. And his is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where yeah. you know he talked about Soul Train. He talked about Break In. You know, talked about his career, the Lockers. Yeah. I always call them, yes, yes, that's right, Deborah. The 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 lockers, not the breakers. You know what it is? I always call them the um I think that was their name on that episode of um What's Happening. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a that definitely a real loss. Uh not nece- not film related, but certainly us related. We found out MF Doom died. I know. We found out MF Doom died on um, October 31st, and that's that was a real blow. That was a real. I mean, just for well, one, it was a real. It was a it was a real blow because, like you said, he died October 31st, and we just found out at the end of the year. But that is the most MF Doomiest thing, though. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's such an MF Doom thing, and you know, appropriate enough. uh, uh, You know, when we're we're talking about our um, film tonight. Something I always admired about MF Doom, even when he was Zev Love X mm-hmm. in KMD back in the 90s, he was, in my mind, one of the first real public blurbs. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like in the late 90s, you know, in the mid to late 90s is when you really started to get this public identification of what we always knew. Mm-hmm. That there were black nerds and 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 they kind of had their own approach to the culture. I mean, his name MF Doom, obviously a reference to Doctor Doom, right? So that so you know that was a real loss. That was a, a real loss. Uh, the producer, r- rapper, and um, he definitely made his his name on in the underground hip hop scene, but he made his name so prominent that. You know, we we uh, mentioned it like when he passed. This was news. It was a lightning strike. Strike. You know. Oh yeah. It hit everywhere. It was on BET. It was on the TV one. It was in CNN. Every place it mentioned uh, the loss of MF Doom. I, I mean, it's it's a cliche, but I think it's true. Like MF Doom is your favorite MC's favorite MC. Yep. 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 Amen. I, I I would give you that most certainly. Uh right, right. We, we we lost ecstasy from Houdini. That one touched me a little bit because I was a I don't huge, think we talked about ec- yeah. Huge ex uh Houdini fan growing up, man. Oh man. Yeah. Shoot. One love, one love, one love. You only get to get just one love. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. <sighs> that was that yeah, was rough. so so twenty twenty. 2020 went out with did did not go out with the whimper. No, it did not. And just two more names, just to to uh, to close it out. We lost Joe Clark, um, famously of East Side High School in Patterson, New Jersey. The subject of the 1989 film Lean on Me, Clark gained public attention in the 1980s for his unconventional and controversial disciplinary measures as a principal <laughs> of East Side High School. And that's, 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 a, that's a nice, polite way of put it. They used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they call me Batman. 
<laughs> Actually coming up in March to give, give y'all right. a little foreshadowing. Yeah. That's right. We'll be reviewing uh, Lean On Me. And then this is another name. And no, it doesn't resonate in in our sphere as highly as, you know, the names of other names that we've mentioned. But it is unfortunately a product of we're in the 21st century. We're getting deeper into the 21st century, which means that more and more of our touchstones from the 20th century and from our childhood are going to be leaving us as these years go by. And and this name is Dawn Wells, who yeah. was famously uh, Marianne from yeah. the CBS sitcom Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's, what's really sad? I think Gilligan's Island itself is fading away. Yeah, you know what? I was going to say that too. Yep. The funny thing is when she passed, my, my daughter and I were talking about it. And Camille's only frame of reference for Gilligan's Island, apparently they did a spoof of Gilligan's Island on Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she's never seen Gilligan's Island. No. It, it, the, the thing is, the reason why Gilligan's Island, this is what I'm talking about, is, is it a touchstone? It was a show that aired in the 60s. Maybe aired three seasons, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. then lived on in syndication, lied to you not, into deep into the 90s. Oh, yeah. It was a staple. A, a staple of a syndication. Staple. And, yeah. and and even then, I'm pretty sure there's probably you can you could probably turn on some cable network right now and Gilligan's Island is still running there. You know what I mean? Um, but it was it's such heavy rotation in syndication that there were generations that grew up, as far as they know, with Gilligan's Island. You know, um, never mind that, you know, they they it also they worked it into animation. There were a couple of TV uh, cartoon series. They did some uh, TV movies, you know, back to Gilligan's yeah. Island, Rescue from Gilligan's right, Island. Right, right, right. Um, so they, they always kept a place in, you know, the zeitgeist out there. But, it, you know, now as the years go by, one by one, they all have passed away. I think actually the, the only one that is still alive is Ginger. Um uh, Tina Louise, I, th- I believe she's the the last remaining uh, survivor of the series. I think you are right because I actually remember when each of them died. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I remember when, yeah, I think you're right. Damn. The irony is that Tina Louise, I think, was the first one to bow out. Yep. Of those of those movies. Yep. 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 Um. So yeah, that's uh. So that's that, that actually you know I can't, I can't lie I I felt a little something when you know you know it was a little piece of your childhood you know leaving yeah yeah uh, Aaron Fry wants to ask the question of us Vince say hey wait a minute did you guys see <laughs> Soul on Disney Plus well Aaron Fry I found an answer <laughs> for you my friend you obviously are not a subscriber to the Michelle Mission Dispatch our weekly newsletter that goes out from our website because if you were 
Mr. Fry. You would have seen last week's edition of the dispatch where we announced that next week, after our review tonight of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we will be reviewing Soul from Disney+. We will. Plus. So. We will indeed. So not only did we see it, we're going to talk about it for about an hour. <laughs> Amen. In front of other people. After me and Lynn talked about it <laughs> amongst ourselves <laughs> for about a half hour. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> You know, I think we actually have a podcast where we do this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Bye. <laughs> right. Pretty so. much how that conversation went. Um, so, yeah, so we will be reviewing Soul next week here on the Me Show Mission. Aaron, there you go. And when we review Soul, then we'll have some conversations about, you know, black faces in these animated spaces. Um I think that it will be a opportune time to have that conversation. Right. I mean, that conversation will start tonight. It certainly will. With our review, ladies and gentlemen, of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Black Podcast. This is Karma. She is the Blurred Girl, a freelance commercial video and film editor by day, and a comic book reading, anime watching, TV live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing geek girl by night. She uses her blog and her podcast to shine a light on sequential art, comic books, graphic novels, and pop culture with a focus on characters of color primarily created by people of color. Join her on theblurredgirl.com. That's the T H E blurred B L E R D girl G U R L dot com. Theblurredgirl.com. Go there and support Black Podcast. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I'll walk. Personal chauffeur going once. It's okay. Seriously, Dad, walking would have been fine. Breaking news, Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in once a day, zip zaps off Nancy. I know. Accountability. Speed up, speed up. I know these kids. No miles, man. You get arrested? Gosh, don't cops run red lights? Well, yeah, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm. 
One of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're gonna be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Brooklyn! I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I want to hear it. it. You want to hear me I say it? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me I off out of school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke for team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save it for Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018, an American computer animated superhero film featuring the Marvel Comics character Miles Morales. Produced by Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures in association with Marvel. Set in a shared multiverse called the Spider-Verse, the film's story follows Miles Morales of Earth 1610 as he becomes the new Spider-Man and joins other Spider-People from various dimensions to save New York City from the Kingpin. The film stars Shamik Moore of dope fame as Miles Morales slash Spider-Man and also features the voice talent of Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, and Nicolas Cage, along with (laughs) along with Lev Shriver in this 2018 Academy Award winning film for best animated feature and Vince's selection for our 2021 premiere of the Michaud Mission. Vincent, what say you of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? This 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 film is 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 a triumph. It's it's a masterpiece. It really is from beginning to end. I think it is ambitious. It is audacious in in what it tries to achieve. And I think in every aspect, it succeeds. It really does. I, I think you, you start, you, you, you talked about the voice talents. This, this film is perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. It is perfectly cast. And and appropriately enough, I'll start from the outside of the web and work my way in. Uh, I think Lee Schreiber as Kingpin, you, you get that old school sort of mobster feel in his voice acting with this real emotional undertone mm-hmm. when you talk about his motivations. Chris Pine, as they, they call him in, in the notes, R.I. Peter. Right. As as the, the Spider-Man who dies at the very beginning, 
doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of lines. You know, I think he's in the film for maybe five minutes, but he really captures the essence of this perfect Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of ideal life, like literally golden haired Peter Parker. But still, Peter Parker, he's he has a lot of humor, has a lot of heart. Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. How perfect is that as as tough old bird Aunt May? Yep. Yep. Another one has maybe five or six lines, but inhabits the role completely. Yes. John Mulaney, I think it's inspired casting because he really is, he has this old Hollywood persona and voice and presence so that he brings this Warner Brothers cartoonness to Spider-Ham. I know, I know. He, he almost sounds like, like uh, it sounds like it's meant to look like a, it, a Warner Brothers cartoon come to, come it, to it life. It sounds like it's a cartoon from the 40s. It right. really does. Right. I don't know who told Nicolas Cage to play Spider-Man noir as Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but someone buy that man a lunch. <laughs> he is so funny. Mm-hmm. as spider-man noir and it is it you know it's fantastic um uh oh i just lost uh Haley steinfeld as gwen stacy yeah i i i think really like like this is a great character this is more than uh you know a pseudo love interest this is more than just a pseudo pseudo character and in the midst of all these colorful performances mm-hmm I think she carves out her own, you know, her own space. Brian Tyree Henry as his dad. It, is there nothing he can't do? I know, right? Is right. there nothing that Brian Tyree Henry can't do? Because he's a like he's this great dad. He's gruff. He has heart. There's a little bit of humor underneath it. It's that heartbreak of him trying to connect. Yeah. It's all there in this performance. I skipped over Lauren um Valles as uh as Miles's mother. Right. Who doesn't have as many lines, but I like right. her. Yeah. And I've always liked Lauren Valles and again much like um Haley Steinfeld, I think anyone who can carve out their own space in the midst of all of these performances. Mhm. You have to really give kudos to Speaking of someone, is there anything that he can't do? Mahershala Ali's Uncle Aaron slash um, Prowler. Mm-hmm. I actually love this character more and more every time I watch this film. Right. L- like, he is the character, and I've loved this film since it came out. Like, like it's funny, you can actually listen to old episodes of our show as you and I slowly get pulled into this, Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali is amazing as Uncle Aaron. He really, really is. And and then at the center, you have Jake Johnson, who, again, perfect casting, as this kind of worn down Peter B. Parker. Right, right, right. Again, funny, kind of dog-eared, but still Spider-Man. And then you have Shamik Moore. And Shamik Moore is somebody, you, you know, you talked about him in um, Dope. He was also in The Get Down. Yeah. 
And I think it's really poetic that he plays Miles Morales because, you know, we can talk about this as we go, like just the origin of the character. Mm -hmm. That the real germ of this character was people saying that Donald Glover could be cast in the live action Spider-Man. Right. When we were talking years ago about it. And I always feel like Shameik Moore is in the midst of getting lost in the sauce because of a Donald Glover, because of Lakeith Stanfield, because of Brian Tyree Henry. Mm -hmm. You, You know, it's just not enough room for all of these young black actors. And in, in a lot of ways, I feel like Shameik Moore has drawn the, the, the short straw mm-hmm. because he's super talented. Yes, he is. And he's so, so good in this film. Um, the animation, again, pulling from all of these different traditions. So you, talk, you talked about the computer animation, but you've got anime, You've got the old Warner Brother cartoons. You've got the old Spider-Man cartoons. And it all blends together seamlessly mm-hmm. into this wonderful mosaic, which the foundation of this is the script. This this screenplay is remarkable. It's bananas. There are so many balls in the air with this script. There is so much information that needs to be conveyed in this screenplay. And Phil Lord, wait a second, Phil Lord and uh, Rodney Rothman and I just lost him because it's Phil Lord, Rodney and, oh right, Phil Lord Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman I, I think they should have been nominated for an Academy Award for screenplay. Mm-hmm. There were three introductions in this film that are absolutely perfect. When they introduced Peter Parker at the very beginning. Right. And in less than two minutes, you get everything. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. The introduction of Miles Morales from the moment he's singing the song to the moment he gets to school is absolutely perfect. Spot on. Spot on. Uncle Aaron's introduction from the moment that that Miles looks out the window and decides to cut school and then ends up in Uncle Aaron's apartment Mm -hmm. and you get the establishing shots of Uncle Aaron's apartment and the biggie playing Mm -hmm. is perfection. It is absolutely perfect. And, and, you know, back to Peter B. I mean, uh, R.I. Peter at the beginning where it sets the template for how the rest of the film introduces characters. Yes. You know, let's do this one more time. And it's fantastic. And just as a film, just as an achievement, I don't think you can celebrate this film enough. I really don't. I I think this is a film that and again, it, it's funny, like like every now and then I'm listening to an old episode during that period, and you and I are like talking about it at the beginning, or we'll say it in passing, and and like I know you well enough, and I know me well enough, that you could tell we were kind of kind of trying to downplay it. Yeah, yeah. Because I also remember talking to you right after we saw it, <laughs> like offline. And from the very beginning... We knew this was a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. 
But we didn't, you know, you don't want to say it because like you just saw it and you don't want to slip into hyperbole. But two years later, after we now have the sober detachment, mm -hmm. our, our, our initial read of this film was absolutely correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but to kind of go to reference our, our, our trailer talk conversation and talking about black themes, if you will. I love this screenplay because in my mind, this screenplay is almost a hip hop screenplay. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is this, I think you have these wonderful hip hop touchstones within the film itself on the screen. You talk about the iconic air Force. Uh, <laughs> that's my stuff. The iconic Jordans, right? That he wears and how it's, how it perfectly complements his costume. You talk about the use of music. Like I mentioned the, the establishing use of, of Biggie when they mm -hmm. introduce Uncle Aaron. Mm -hmm. Because Uncle Aaron is a dude in his 40s from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he listens to Biggie all the time. I love the role that graffiti plays. But in my mind, when I think about hip-hop, and, and like at the core, the core of what I love about hip-hop is how hip-hop takes these, you know, these disparate elements, pulls them together, reframes them, recontextualizes them, changes them into something brand new. Yes. Yes. What I always say is my father introduced me to jazz, but Pete Rock taught me to love jazz. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a film that is well aware that Spider-Man as a cultural artifact is so iconic and has been so ever present for 50 years that there are all of these elements that you can pull from and it still maintained the integrity of the, the, the concept. Right. Again, back to Peter Parker's introduction in that lesson, two minute introduction, you get Spider-Man's origin he references the 1960s cartoon. He references mm -hmm. the movies. Mm -hmm. He references um, the music that he's made. He references the ice cream. Do you remember the Spider-Man ice cream? Yes, I do. And that was a very disturbing image that was on the screen a little bit too long for my eyes on this, on this movie. Because if you are, because we all remember the Spider-Man ice cream, but that's all Spider-Man. Yep. Yep. And they, this film brings it together, reformats it, recontextualizes it, puts it through the prism of this young black man, and you get something new and mm -hmm. beautiful. Yep. And and I just love the respect for the culture. I love the intentionality of the blackness of this script. Like, like I was talking to my wife earlier, we were on a walk and, and, you know, I've seen this film. I don't know how many times at this point, because at one point my, my son was watching it like damn near every day. Every day. day. Uh, okay. Yeah. And she said, did I come with, come, did I find anything new today? Like watching it for this. And what I appreciated today was the relationship between these three black men. Miles, Uncle Aaron, and Miles' father. Mm -hmm. 
And I love how Miles's father has created this space for Miles to have this relationship with his uncle Aaron, right. even if he doesn't agree with him at right. all. Like right. there's this wonderful moment at the very beginning where Miles, you know, they're arguing about Miles going to this to to this um new charter school. school. Right. This new school. And and his father is basically putting his foot down as you have to do sometimes when your dad and say, look, you're doing this. Right. You don't have a choice. And Miles is pushing back. And then in anger, he says, I don't want you to turn out like your uncle Aaron. And Miles is genuinely confused. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's he wrong says, with Uncle what's Aaron? What's wrong right? with Uncle Aaron? I love Uncle Aaron. And you realize that his father has protected Aaron's reputation. Exactly. Because he loves their relationship. And again, to reference our conversation in trailer, I think that happens a lot mm -hmm. where you have these relatives. And unfortunately, it's always dudes. It's always a male relative that you have to negotiate their relationship yeah. with your children, with the young people in the family. And I love how intentional that is so that, I, I, you know, I'll I'll stop, let you jump in. But but I love this movie. Um, it's it's a triumph. It really is. This film is a triumph. I want to follow up on a couple of the things that you said, but just picking up where you just left off in regards to their relationship and uh, the relationship between Miles and Uncle Aaron and his father, and what I appreciated most about that. Um, and I got it the first time, but you you're right. It, it, this is a a movie. Like, you know, like all the best movies that keeps rewarding it with each rewatch. Um, so as I've watched it, I've noticed the nuances that that happen between the three of them or that speak to the three, their relationship um, more and more. I like that in the midst of this bombastic, audacious, crazy, colorful multiversal full-blown unabashed comic book movie that these the relationship between these three men is still 100% authentic it's still allowed to be real and not comic booky in any type of way because in lesser hands the relationship the the um between the two brothers, Miles' father and Uncle Aaron, would be more antagonistic. You know, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't want you with your uncle. This is this is why you're not supposed to be with your uncle. You 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 almost you know you're waiting for that moment. You know that unfortunately, let's call it like it is that Disney moment where somebody puts their foot down. And, no, you can't be with this so and so. You know, which just forces you to go with so and so, right? And like you said, not only does his father protect him from whatever his uncle is really into, because the father doesn't really know what he's into, but he just knows the life that he has led, that has led right. the two of them, you know, to be on certainly seemingly opposite ends of the law with the father, a police officer, and Uncle Aaron ambiguously into other things let's just put it that way <laughs> right <laughs> right um but whatever has led them to there 
there is still a respect of you are my brother so you are my family so regardless i'm going to love you and because of that and because of how much i know you i know that i may not like my son rolling with you but i know you're never going to let anything happen to him exactly so exactly so i I, my son is safe with you exactly so i allow that to be you know what i mean um which is why which is why another another mature very mature moment and a a, a thing that cuts puts this movie a cut above everything else uh that happens in the scene is that when uncle aaron who is one of the big villains in this in this movie he is one of the 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 super villains in this in this movie if you will because he rolls around with a cape and with with a mask as the prowler um which you know side note as someone who has grown up reading the prowler in spider-man comic books (laughs) over the years man he's never looked cooler than in this movie i never thought is this a come up is this a come up for his goofy ass i'm like the prowler was always like the when you when you they announced they were doing this movie and it was going to be the Prowler, you like the Prowler, but then you forgot what the Prowler had been remade into in the Miles Morales universe. He was like, "Oh, okay, right. this might work." You know what I mean? But when the Prowler realizes who Spider Man is, who Spider Man is, his nephew Miles Morales, there is. There is not a moment of hesitation that, oh my God, I gotta let him go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and protect him. And and protect him. And and he pulls, uh, he pulls the mask down. Right. Exactly. And and to to his detriment, because you know, it, it cost him. And another uh, just amazingly mature, honest, real, authentic moment uh, about this movie, it costs Uncle Aaron immediately. It's not no right. oh I'm gonna hold your secret and all this stuff. It's like no bam boom, it, it like it it, it 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 strikes down and it costs it costs him his life. You know spoilers for a two year old movie. Um, so that was just like this real mature moment in in the film that I really appreciated. Um, I appreciated like like real just like like the, in their relationship just real realistic moments when the father has to call. Aaron because you know something's going on with Miles and he's like yo you know I wouldn't call you if it wasn't real you know and that was right and that was real you know it wasn't no you know like yo I know you know what's going on it was just it was just it was just just it was just real the the, the it, it felt so right you know um mm-hmm. and that to your point is sold by the acting, by the voice acting of Brian Tyree Henry, Mahershala Ali, Shamik Moore, but that is also sold by the character designs. So many mm-hmm. times, character designs sometimes don't match the celebrity voice. You know what I mean? This, I was actually listening to Mahershala's um, performance and it didn't sound like Mahershala Ali because he was, he sounded like Uncle Aaron. Like, you know, and, and it was very easy for him to just, I'm just going to do me. You know what I mean? Right, Brian, right. Brian Tyree Henry 
you know, it's it's a slightly different voice because it matches the character and the the character design matches it. So that all embodies to just create this authentic just, feel. Just a point of information about the character design. Um, Uncle Aaron's design is the only one based on one of the actors. Okay. The 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 the, the, the artist said that they actually designed his his lean. His physicality, like Mahershala Ali, right? To look like Mahershala Ali. Miles Morales's dad, his design looks like Phil Lord. I mean, looks like uh, Peter Ramsey, who's one of the co-directors, mm. and is black. Looks like his dad. Wow, wow. See, and that's and that's why they so feel both real. designs are actually based on real people. And that's why they feel real, all the way down to their yeah. fade or their baldy, the way their their facial hair, everything feels real. So 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 two, two if you know, and and I'm a biggie on this, the size of their fin- their fingernails, like everything is just like spot on, man. It was like it was like yeah. real true. Um, so I I appreciated that about this, and speaking to like your whole hip hop metaphor about this movie, uh, that is so real. Because not only do you have the computer animation, do you have the anime, do you have the two-dimensional animation that also pops up in here, but you also have, they embrace more so than any of these superhero movies ever have. They embrace that this is a comic book first. Yes. And they put in the language of comic books in this movie, all the way down from the, you know, captions and you see sound mm-hmm. sound effects popping in in and out everywhere you know like i love when he throws a bagel at somebody and it pops up his head and says bagel it's like it's just like spot <laughs> on just spot on stuff but that's the language of comic books right and the reason yeah. why they do they do that is twofold one speaks to what you said the history and story of spider-man like some of the the i mean like let's face it you know we talk about superman and batman who are now in their 80s wonder woman is in their 80s they've been around since the the early part of this the 20th century spider-man started in 1962 spider-man is already 50 years old he's got he's got some gray hair on him as well you know oh yeah so he is deep embedded within the culture the origin of spider-man the mythos of spider-man is shorthand for a lot of people and this comic and this movie embraces that in such a way that they don't have to ram the origin down your down your throat anymore they they know that they can talk in shorthand a little bit about the mythos of spider-man and regardless of where you're coming in on your either reading comic books or following the movie's uh, tree with spider-man you'll pick up what's happening and you'll sit down and enjoy it and they also have enough respect to realize that and yes have you the movie watching audience been inundated with spider-man let's face it in in, in live action there have been two spider-mans over the last 20 years right yeah oh yeah and that and now we're giving you a whole nother spider-man and this is 
not only another Spider-Man, this is another guy in Spider-Man. Then this is another color in Spider-Man. This is another race in Spider-Man. And this is another look to your Spider-Man. This is another costume of your Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man with different powers that we're that we're bringing on. This is slightly different origin to the Spider-Man. But we're still going to give you that shorthand because at the end of the day, it is Spider-Man. And you will pick up what we're throwing down because what we're throwing down at the end of the day is that not just some white guy named Peter Parker, you, Mr. Black Young Boy, you, Mr. Black Latino, you too can be Spider-Man. And we don't have to, and we don't have to like, you know, pussyfoot around it. We don't have to make that a big message part about this movie. You'll right. get it because it's just, it's just in the DNA that we have infused in this film and into every frame of animation that we are putting, that we are remixing in front of you. You can literally like hear like the needle scratching. Like, oh. I mean, like, man, you can hear like, like Grandmaster Flash is cutting this movie up left and right. It is it is so hip hop. It is so black. It is so true. Um and it it it's I mean it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature in 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 uh 2018. And if you told me that this movie won the Academy Award for Best Feature Film in 2018, I would not have argued with you. There's nothing Look, wrong with this movie. It is, it is, it is, you, you know, again talking about the, him making it his own. Like I talked about, and, and I'm going to keep mentioning, because I do think it is, it's so perfect that I can't believe, like, th- like the best ideas are the ones that you can't believe no one ever thought of before. Mm-hmm. Like the matching the iconic red and black of his costume with the red and black of the Jordans is so perfect. Like it was so, like, I think that's the moment when I said, I might have to start paying attention to this. Right. right. Because just that image was so perfect. But then again, how they integrate graffiti from the very first scene mm-hmm. with Miles and, you know, he's doing the tags and, and he's putting it on the, you know, the name tags and putting it on the stickers throughout the city. And he spray paints a Spider-Man costume. Yeah. yeah. Like he literally spray paints black over it. Mm-hmm. Because this is my costume. And he tells Gwen, you know, she says, I like your, your costume. And he says, thanks. I made it myself. Mm-hmm. Like this, like there's so much intentionality in it. Right. And how it, 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 it express. It's so funny. There are two moments. So when he first gets his costume and, and, and he's sort of becomes confident in his powers. Right. And then the last montage after everything is over. In my notes, I put, it's just black boy joy. Yeah. Like, it's just so pure. Mm-hmm. It's so pure and it's so beautiful. And you see this, you know, this this black kid. And he's not some super genius. You know, this isn't Shuri. He's not a thug. He's not a super good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, he is... He is this beautiful, what we have come to call blurred. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of goofy. He's charming. He's gangly. But you have these moments of just pure joy. Yeah. And like you said, the message of the movie and the movie itself says, you can see yourself in this. You can see yourself 
in this. You know, I mentioned my son for a minute. He was just watching almost every day. And and one of my best friend's sons, like like my nephew Cole, is obsessed with Miles Morales. Right. Like Miles Morales actually has brought him into comics. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's funny because his dad is like a sports guy. So it's like me and my other boy are the geeks. So we've had to come in as the, you know, as the conciliaries gotcha. to help my help my boy Bruce navigate like comic shops. Oh boy. Oh boy. Because because Miles Morales, like like he really is this fully realized character. And an- another thing that's also cool, speaking about that, is everyone else in the movie is fully realized. So we talked about Uncle Aaron mm-hmm. and we talked about, the, about his father. You mentioned the Gwen Stacy character. Um, voiced by Haley yeah. Steinfeld, who does amazing work. I remember the first time I saw Haley Steinfeld was pretty much on her debut in True Grit years ago, where she almost steals the movie, um, right. th- that fantastic western. And to watch her grow as an as an actress, and for her to with her voice still infuse this character with so much heart and re- uh, realism was just a joy to listen to, a joy to watch. I love the character design of of Gwen Stacy. I'm not a yeah. person who fell in love with the that character from the comics, but I also I always fell in love with that costume cuz I thought that costume was boss. And I loved that she was still a fully actualized character who was and isn't this always true? Had it more just a little bit more together than the guy. This is just the way it always happens. Right. Cut right. to your your Harry Potter, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe me. Um, still had it all together, yet does not steal the film from Miles. And it would have been very easy for her or any of the other characters oh, to, yeah. to steal the film from me. Well, you know, I'm I'm doing my best, and at at an at at like an hour in, I think we've been very good by not geeking out too much and nerding it up too much. Mm-hmm. But that character, Gwen Stacy, really kind of had this parallel ascension with Miles Morales. Like, they both came out, and, you know, much like Miles Morales had this very organic conception, mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy was, like you said, it, she was a ba- she was in a backup of a comic where they did a, basically a Spider-Verse storyline in the Spider-Man comics. And then, like, each of the comics had, like, a three-page backup story of different mm-hmm. spider people. And from the three pages, I think uh, Robbie Rodriguez yeah. is the name of her creator. Robbie Rodriguez in three pages created this world that people immediately said, okay, we need to see more of her. And then she kind of became a phenomenon in and of herself. Mm. And, and I think you're right. I think the film does her. It's so funny talking about the different, the different, animation tools that they use in this film in her origin when she tells her little bit there are watercolors that look like the watercolors from her comic series oh okay okay cool. because it's like it's a very distinctive look to her comic and to her design and they incorporate that into this film as well and and you're right each of these characters you know i do think um Penny Parker maybe maybe is not as fully developed yeah, yeah. as the rest. Like they really just kind of lean on the anime design. Mm-hmm. But but you know, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, 
uh, Spider Gwen, something that Camille said to me because she sat and watched it with me t- uh, today. I could watch a weekly television series of Jake Johnson's Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Like the two of them just hanging out. Oh, yeah. Like just hanging out. Like we're just going to get burgers every week. This is the Peter B. Parker, Miles Morales show. Exactly. Because you're right. Each of the characters is so developed and so fully realized in, 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 in a film that is a lot of characters. It's a lot of char- it's a lot of character. I mean, we're not even we didn't even touch on on the the opposite side. We talked about the Prowler, but he's not the main big bad. The big bad is Kingpin, who is you want to talk about stylized like this yeah. this huge huge like there there are moments where the screen is literally just the Kingpin's head in the middle of like this black mass of a body. I'm gonna keep referencing the book the art but they said that's actually how they designed him that it just be a black space mm-hmm. with a head floating on top yeah it's because it's cool. they really did envision him as this huge black hole if you will yeah and, and so he is he is cool um and aaron fry he actually is in in the chat mentioning about how the female doc Ock yeah was yeah a, was a surprise and well done i love the change of the Dr. Octopus tentacles to being like these more like rubberized plastic. That's type right. Of, I th- Cause they had like a cool sound effect to them. It was like, Oh my God, man. Like, they, well, I- well, you know, there's this, there's this great subtext to this world that miles is on that. The women are like the sign. Like there's this wonderful sort of shadow narrative going on with aunt may mm-hmm. where remember the, you, you know, the first time they show Dr. Octopus, and 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 Peter says, "Oh, do they call you Doc Ock?" And she says, "My friends call me Liv, and then my my enemies call me Doc." Ock. And then when they break into the house, Aunt May says, "Oh God, it's Liv." Yeah, yeah. As if they know each other. And then Aunt May is the one who built the web shooters. Yeah, well, Aunt May is the so one you- who basically his Alfred and built the spider lair for that. Right. So but- you know, it, it's it's it is this nice kind of the women are the scientists the women are the kind of you know the butt kickers if you will well the, the women are the smartest people in the room because remember when doc ock first meets um peter b parker spider-man she immediately deduces by looking at him that he is from another dimension like it, there's right. like no hiding she knows exactly what's going on she notices the difference and she she's like spot on and speaking to aunt may when peter b parker uh, uh meets uh aunt may aunt may quickly realizes well of course that that's not her peter because her peter has passed away but she's not she's not flummoxed by it at all you know right, she takes right. it all in because you know she's seen this before you know um right right this isn't her first time at the rodeo. Exactly. Exactly, man. Uh and and that again also speaks to, you know, this film has so much this I mean, the action the animation is great. The action is action is the action is fantastic. Like that scene when they break into Aunt May's house, whoo, they get it in. They get it in man there's like there are set pieces in this film and, and i was about to say the set pieces and they keep it moving and they keep like, it moving. like every every five minutes there's a set piece 
Right. And 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 it feels organic. It doesn't like, you know, mm-hmm. feel like, oh, they just gotta shove in something here. No, it 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 works uh in the film. And the movie the movie is funny. The I mean, like <laughs> it, so it remembers that it 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 knows that its audience is going to be a mix of, you know, the old geeks like us who, you know, remember Spider-Man and, you know, we tolerate Miles and everything like that. It's got to be true to Peter Parker. Right, right, right. Um, get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the 21st century geeks who are down with Miles, for many, Miles is their Spider-Man. They're down with right. the language. They're down with the video game cutness of what is happening with the editing and, and some of the language uh, in this film. And then it also remembers that there are little kids watching this film as well. Right. That this you know? is their actual introduction. Right. Um, and it doesn't speak over that head. It doesn't talk down to them, but it doesn't speak over their head in any way at, at all. Um, and it's just, and it blends all of those, um, all of those, uh, all of those different factions together to make what comes together as, to me, full stop, the best comic book movie, the best superhero movie ever. Done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about this really, really hard. I'm I'm gonna go a slightly different direction than you. I, I you know I'm not an anime guy, so I won't say in the world. Like I don't know anime, and you know they do some interesting stuff with animation in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think Iron Giant is perfect. Like I'm an Iron Giant guy. I think Iron Giant is the best American animated film ever made. I think this is right behind it. Oh, I think this is better than Iron Giant. You know, and I'm not going to fight you. And I'm not going to fight you. I think Iron Giant is just so pure that that if like if pressed, if I had to make the Sophie's choice, I would choose this over Iron choose Iron Giant over this. I think Wally is probably just as good as this, mm-hmm. but this is more ambitious than Wally. Yeah. Like like this this tried to do so many different things. And it did it that I would put it over Wally. But yeah, I I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think this this is this is one of the greatest genre films in a couple of categories oh, ever. E- easily. Like uh, like Sharon Nugget says that uh Iron Giant is a beautiful movie. And I, yeah. I I won't disagree. Iron Giant is a a stop dead beautiful film. Yeah. Um, but but this is this again. This is a masterpiece. I, it, it is, and I and I this is a masterpiece. And I and the reason why I give it the nod over Iron Giant is because I think that this is a little bit more ambitious than I than Iron Giant, and I think this swings for the fences, whereas I think Iron yeah. Giant is swinging for a. It's swinging for a section in in the audience because it sure. knows exactly what audience it's going for, and this is this is string swinging for defenses for everybody is so therefore it's more audacious and let's let's just say it it wins. This movie was a huge hit. Iron Giant is a cult yeah. 
favorite. It was not a no, no, no. A you're right. You're absolutely right. And to your point, I will say this about this film because it, let's let's just be clear. I think it snuck up on everyone. Everybody. Because it did not have to be this good. No. Like, I think we all kind of thought, and 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 frankly, I think people at Sony thought too, this was a money grab. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the Spider-Man writes, the, the, the writing is on the wall that the Disney Marvel monster is going to consume it. Let's try and squeeze some money out of these IPs while we can. And again, maybe this is my last reference. Maybe it isn't. In the book, the creators talk about that. Yep. Like nobody was really paying them any attention. Mm-hmm. So they said, let's let's do something special. Let's do something new. Let's do something audacious. Like nobody's paying attention to us. So hell, let's go for it. Yep. Yep. And the proof, I mean, if, and if you don't think that they uh didn't pay attention to the cash to the success that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was, ladies and gentlemen. All you have to do is look at how the plans, the movie making plans for both Marvel and DC slash Warner Brothers changed in the yeah. wake of the Spider-Verse in that both production houses realize oh we got to start getting this multiverse thing into into our films they already had them in the comics i mean because this is just eating up yeah this is right comics. yeah yeah this is old comic yeah but the embracing of the multi the multiverse that was sh- spider spider verse shown oh you can do this and you can make it work now what happens when those films eventually hit the theaters in their embracing of the multiverses on both sides and both camps what is going to come of that remains to be seen (laughs) right it ain't as easy as it looks it's not it's not and the success of this film i hope because you know they're going to do a sequel um yeah and it's 2022 and as and as much as many of us kind of like you're like oh wow why does miles morales have to be get a cartoon first why can't he get like a live action like spider-man as well i was one of the people that said you know what if they do it right i don't mind it being a cartoon because the cartoon can live longer you know Mm -hmm. if you know you start casting people they start aging out as the years go by shameek moore can probably rock that voice for the next few years he's already an adult so you know yeah he's you know he's already gone through the change as far as, as, far as well, we know. well he says it in the movie i'm a man now right you know what i mean so he you know he, he a man he's he's undropped into that suit if you get my reference so he can do this for a few years you know so i don't mind it being animated my concern is that they all right they had this big success you know make sure sony who definitely is looking for you know a franchise that they can run with stays out of the way of the creators exactly and let them do their thing right now people are paying attention exactly exactly (laughs) now people are paying attention Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um i'm very hopeful that i'm very hopeful that they will um we shall see but right now for right now 
they've got a masterpiece on their hands from 2018 that if you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, I wholeheartedly, I'm going to jump the gun on Vince a little bit. I wholeheartedly recommend that you see this film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you should own this film. I think this is a film that it, I think this is a, a really good film to watch with kids too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I said, I've it is really it just in my in my personal orbit. It has the the joy that this has brought kids around me is 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 priceless. Mm-hmm. Is absolutely priceless. I think I mentioned it um a few years ago when it came out. This is the first movie my son saw in the movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he was like two years old, and we went to a you know an, an evening show after it had been in, and he was transfixed. That's beautiful. And you know, as as I mentioned, I have a nephew who is into comics now because of Miles Morales, and there have been a series of these characters that have that it's much more inclusive Mm -hmm. and at this point it's you know everyone talks about it but it's worth saying kids like to see heroes that look like them yeah kids like to see heroes that look like them and there has been a wave over the past five six seven years and miles morales really was at the forefront that's right that's so i think this character is tremendously important I think this is a film that did honor to the character. And yes, I wholeheartedly recommend this film. Absolutely. And this is the this is a film that I judge all these other films by. Oh yeah. Yep. And if you look at our program, like the reason that this came up is we were talking about soul. And the funny thing is I got the um art of Spider-Man on Christmas and then I watched soul on Christmas. So I was doing the both of them, both of them in the same day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess this conversation will continue next week. This will be continued next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we will be gathering together together once again to review soul, which um, the next, the newest Pixar movie that debuted over the Christmas holidays on Disney Plus. Um, and for those who want to ask, why are we reviewing that film? It's because it was a film that was supposed to be released into the movie theaters, but it didn't That's because right. of um, the situation, you know, the situation that we were all uh, subject to in 2020. And so we're not going to, you know, make that, let that keep it off the mission. So we're going to be reviewing Soul next week. All right. Oh, this has been fun. The, the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. The Michelle Mission is available as a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is for your download and streaming pleasure. You can go to thepodglomerate.com, curated podcast for your earbuds. The Michelle Mission is proud to be a member of the Podglomerate. You can also like, subscribe, and tweet at the Michelle Mission and become a follower of the Michelle Mission. 
on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just go to at Mission every place. Email all of your thoughts and concerns to us at Mission at gmail.com. And if you want to go to our uh, website, MichelleMission.com, hit swag. You can find all of the cool swag that we have there available for your wearing. Brought to you by our good friends at T Public. The Michelle Mission airs as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM. Philly Cam! Philly Cam! 106.5 FM here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on WKDU FM 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel university all right vince next week we're gonna get next some, week get our soul on let us have some soul because you know we got soul yeah <laughs> oh, if we, we didn't fun. we wouldn't be here <laughs> until then ladies and gentlemen he is vince i'm len in parting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>